chapter 3 and verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. The assurance that the Spirit of God gives to us, as John is writing, as we've said many, many times over, the the epistle of John is written so that we can have confidence in our salvation because there are things that confirm that we are in Christ through believing in Jesus, through loving others, through obeying. The three themes that over and over come out in 1 John are believing... Loving and obeying. And he reiterates those over and over again. And when we have the Spirit of God confirming in our hearts, at work in our hearts, um, confirming to us that we are a child of God, there's great confidence that comes here. Now, historically... Um, in our circles, contrary to Pentecostal circles who emphasize the Holy Spirit, generally speaking, maybe to a point of um, worshiping the Holy Spirit, in years gone by, there's been on the other side where the Holy Spirit isn't emphasized at all. Now, you can't read the Bible without understanding, number one, the Spirit of God is, just what it says, is God. It's a personality. He is a personality. He is God, the Trinity. But it's imperative that we understand the Spirit's working in our life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest asset as a believer. Um, we mentioned this morning, first of all, the foundation is believing in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Not just for salvation, but believing in His name. When we trust Christ, He gives us His Spirit. Remember when Jesus was here, he said, here it was God incarnate, God in the flesh. And he's standing and speaking to his disciples and he says to them, it is imperative for you that I leave. Now, think of it. You're there, one of the disciples, and, and you have been taught by Jesus and, and you have seen all that has gone on. And he says, now it is imperative for you that I leave. And, and the natural tendency, no, don't leave us. He says, because when I leave, the Spirit of God is going to come. And He will teach you all things. He will guide you into truth. And 
Jesus placed the importance on this. It is important that I leave so the Spirit of God can come and He will take up permanent residence in the heart and life of every believer. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, He that does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to God. You do not become a child of God and then maybe sometime later in your life that you receive the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the one who seals our salvation. He takes up permanent residence. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is given to us. The Holy Spirit is given by God to enlighten us, to um, awaken our conscience in an even greater sense, to empower us, to um, lead us into truth and comfort us. He intercedes for us. He produces fruit in our life. He gives us hope. Um, there are many, many works of the Spirit. But we need to come to realize the Spirit of God is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us in the sense that He dwells within us, and He is the one we mentioned this morning. As we come to know Christ as Savior, the Spirit dwells within us, and immediately He begins working in our lives. Romans 5, 5 that we mentioned this morning. The love of Christ is spread abroad in our hearts by the Spirit of God. So immediately He begins working, and He begins making changes in our life to mold us and shape us to the image of God. As we allow Him to work, um, there, there is much fruit. Um, we'll look a little bit later, but we can sin against the Spirit of God, and we'll touch on that later. But understand, every Christian ought to be with this mindset. I want the power of God's Spirit in my life. I want to submit to the Spirit of God. I, I want to walk in the Spirit. Because you cannot live the Christian life on your own. And it must be done through the Spirit of God. So, the Holy Spirit is our greatest asset. We're just given some, some in, in a certain way, some general things about the Spirit here tonight, and then seeking to make some personal application. The Holy Spirit does not give any new revelation in the sense that it does not give a new word from God. The Word of God is complete. And the Holy Spirit does not give any new revelation in the sense of, of saying, oh, this is the, the latest from God that is the Word of God version 2014. Many, many cults are founded because they say, God appeared to me and He has given me a revelation, and uh, this is the new revelation that God has given to me for the Western Hemisphere or...
for the 21st century or for His people. The Word of God is complete. We don't need new revelation from God. That being said, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God and He gives us illumination. He gives us understanding. The Holy Spirit instructs us how to live the Word of God. So, the Holy Spirit takes truths of God's Word and He makes them personal in our lives. Not too long ago, I was visiting with a young man and he said, I, I've really been going to God and asking Him, God, help me, help me, help me. And he said, I went to prayer and I started to make a request to God. And it, what he, this was the words that he used. He said, it was like someone pinched me. And this was his way of describing it and said, why don't you take some time to give thanks to God? It wasn't like he turned around and like, who's pinching me? This was his way of describing the Spirit of God. When, when he told me that, in my mind, and then I later said to him, I said, this is, this is excellent because this confirms that you are a child of God. The Spirit of God is at work in your life. Do you think the devil would say, hey, why don't you stop and give thanks to God? No. Do you think the flesh would say, ah, let me stop and give thanks to God? No. The flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit is against the flesh. And the Spirit of God will prompt us... And everything that He prompts us is not to give us anything new to this, but to give us an understanding, to guide us into truth, to open our eyes that we may see, to make it personal in our own lives. If you are a child of God, you have read the Word of God, and as you've read it, there will be a verse that just it just really speaks to you. That's the ministry of God's Spirit. If you are a child of God, there have been times when, when you're just about ready to open your mouth and say something, and the Spirit of God says, just shut your mouth. You don't need to say that. There have been other times when He's prompting you, speak, speak. There's other times that the Spirit of God as, as you are, are meditating on Scripture, as you're going through life, he, he gives you an application. This is how I want this truth lived out in your life. This is now what I want you to do. It may be you go to work and, and God's Spirit prompts you to, to help someone in some way. The Spirit of God is here to teach us how to be a light, how to be like Christ, how to represent Him. And He instructs us how to live the Word of God.
But he not only instructs us how to live the Word of God, the Holy Spirit empowers us to obey the Word of God. In and of our flesh, we cannot obey the Word of God. In and of our own effort. See, and this is, this is what, as we mentioned and touched on this morning, this is what's so exciting. When, as a believer in Christ, the Spirit of God dwells within us, and He starts this work, and He begins a good work, and He is going to continue it until we see Him. And that is a great promise that He gives. And He begins this work, and He teaches us. Okay, for example, we've been dealing in First John with with loving one another. And so he brings us to a situation and he teaches us how and and he calls us to this. But everything that God's Spirit calls us to do, he accompanies it with his power if we appropriate his grace. Now, you've had it in your life, if you're a believer, where you said, I am going to obey God in this, and it is a right thing to do, but you, you do it in your own strength, and you end up finding out you can't do it in your own strength. And the Spirit of God comes alongside, and He's willing to minister in our life, and He's teaching us, that without me, ye can do nothing. Do you understand? We, we take it so for granted. It's God's grace that He gives us. And whatever He calls us to do, the Spirit of God promises to empower us to do it. So that we may boldly go before the throne of grace and say, God, You have called me to do this. And when I say call me to do this, I'm not saying some major calling to go to Iraq and do so. He's called you to love your wife. That's a major calling. He's called you to love your children. He's called you to whatever it is. And then it's not left up to us to just figure this out. God, You have called me to do this, and I am dependent on Your Spirit. I need Your Spirit to teach me. I need Your Spirit to empower me. And I am taking this step of obedience, and I am dependent upon Your Spirit. I need Your Spirit to empower me. When's the last time you prayed that? When's the last time you asked that of God? God, empower me. It is through the Spirit of God that we are empowered. And this is our greatest asset. It doesn't matter what potential is there if the Spirit of God is not our source of power. God is duty-bound not to bless it because He can't bless the work of the flesh. Now, We've talked a lot about the Spirit of God, but it is imperative. Turn to John chapter 16, and we've, we've summarized um, a number of truths from, from John 14 that talk about the Spirit of God and John 16. But I want you to notice Jesus is speaking in John 16, and this is where He said, um, It is imperative, it is expedient for you that I go away in verse 7. And the Comforter, I will send him to you. 
He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Verse 13, when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. Here it is. Think of this. This is God in a personal manner taking us, uh, putting His arm around our shoulder, guiding us. This is God personally guiding us into truth. He will guide us into truth. He will not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and He shall show it unto you. We have talked a lot tonight about the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God always glorifies Jesus Christ. It is not something that we start a a Holy Spirit movement. The Spirit of God is the helper to glorify Jesus Christ. And, And when we forget Jesus Christ and just focus on His Spirit, we are missing the point of what God has given the Spirit to do. The Holy Spirit always ends up... He is... He always ends up glorifying Jesus Christ. He is the quiet member of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit just quietly does His work. I mean, you better thank God He quietly does the work. I mean, thank God He doesn't grab us and slam us against the wall and say, that's the wrong way you're going, buddy. You're supposed to be over here. The Holy Spirit just prompts, doesn't He? This is what you ought to do. And... and. It was mentioned earlier tonight, the mercies of God, the long-suffering of God. In many of our lives, we have set the Holy Spirit on the bench. He's the star player. He's the franchise player. He is it. And we've set Him on the bench, and we're out there struggling. We're getting beat. And, and He says, man, if they just let me in. And He's over here, and He takes His warm-up jacket off, and I'm ready to get in. How about, can, can I go in, coach? He is God. He could sit us down and say, Get out of the way. Let me run this. But we must submit to the Spirit of God. And every one of us have given the Spirit of God many, many reasons to just up and leave and check out. And we would be like Samson and we wouldn't even know the Spirit was gone for a long time. Because we've learned to live the Christian life in our own strength. But the Spirit of God allows us to stumble and we come back and say, God, forgive me and I am dependent on You. I need Your strength. I need Your empowerment. And the Spirit of God empowers us and we end up glorifying Jesus Christ. And every minute of every day, we need to be dependent upon the Spirit of God. This is walking in the Spirit. You either, I either walk in the flesh, or I walk in the Spirit. There's there's no in-between ground. I either walk in the flesh, or I walk in the Spirit. 
and the working of the Spirit of God. In 1 John chapter 3, he says, When we believe and when we love others and the Spirit of God is teaching us to love others and we're obeying the Word of God, when we truly know the Spirit of God working in our life, he says, this is proof that we are a child of God. Because it's only the Spirit of God. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. The Spirit dwells within us. And how is it manifested that the Spirit of God is dwelling within you? Do you fall on the ground and flop around like a dead fish or a live fish out of, out of water? Wow, he was slain in the Spirit. That isn't the purpose of what the Spirit does. The Spirit is to produce fruit in your life that resembles Jesus Christ. The Spirit produces a love that you say, Wow, that's not me. The Spirit guides you into truth and teaches you how to love it. And to obey it, the Spirit, evidence that the Spirit is at work in our life, is manifested by the fruit of love and joy. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. That's what the Spirit of God... You can tell He really has the Spirit of God because He is a great orator. That doesn't mean anything. There have been pagan people that have been great orators. You can tell He has the Spirit of God because He has a long-suffering spirit. He has joy in the midst of conflict. He has love. I don't know how He's responding the way He's responding. He has self-control. I don't know how He's doing it. He has peace. When everything's falling apart around him, there's still a peace. See, none of that comes naturally. That's the ministry of the Spirit in our life. God, I need the fruit of your Spirit in my life. I need joy. I need love. I need peace. When you abide in Him... When you feel at home with the Spirit, and the Spirit of God feels at home in your life. It is one thing to run to God for a refuge in a storm. It is another thing to make Him our dwelling place at all times. And we know that He abides in us, and we in Him by the ministry of God's Spirit in our life. Now, because of that, we must exercise great care to not grieve the Spirit of God. There are offenses, without going in great deal to them, that the Bible mentions. You can grieve the Spirit of God. 
You can quench the Spirit of God. You can resist the Spirit of God. And you can blaspheme the Spirit of God. A person can blaspheme the Spirit of God. Without going into great detail, um, a person that blasphemes the Spirit of God will have no desire for God at all. And as I said, that's another topic that that um, has more time than we have here tonight. Um, I remember when when we lived in Livingston, I went into the library, uh, the public library, and um, I'd worked with the the wrestling team a little bit there, and there was this the big 185 pounder was in in the religious section of the library, and I I said, Byron, what are you doing? And he turned and looked at me, and his eyes were like big, and he says, Man, I I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. And he's looking for stuff, books in here. And um, a blasphemy against the Spirit. And, and we were able to talk and I said, Byron, if you had committed that, you wouldn't even care that you'd committed it. You, it, it, it wouldn't even matter to you. A proof that God's Spirit is still at work in your life is you are burdened about this. But, the other three I just want to briefly touch on tonight. Grieving the Spirit of God, resisting the Spirit of God, and quenching the Spirit of God. See, since the Spirit of God is all these things that we said, we ought to say, God, the last thing I want to do is one of these things. We quench the Spirit of God when we don't even ask His help. We don't even depend on Him. We quench it. We don't even, we don't even involve Him in it. We put it out. You, if you are a child of God, you can't put the Spirit of God out of your life, but you can live as though He's not there. He will still be at work in our life, but the more we say no to Him the less we hear Him. We quench the Spirit of God by not including Him. We resist the Spirit of God when He prompts us to do something, and we don't do it. He prompts us to say something to someone, and we don't, and we're resisting, we're, we're pushing back. No, that isn't the time for this. And we grieve the Spirit of God when He sees us resist Him and we go our own way and the Spirit of God is grieved and and in His Spirit it is as though it doesn't have to be this way in this person's life. If only they would have listened to me. But then when we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And the Spirit of God comes along and He says, Okay, you ready to listen? When, when we lived in Kyle, helped a little bit with the, the wrestling team in Corden, and there was a, a guy on the wrestling team there. At practice, he wouldn't listen to anything because he was successful. He'd go out, muscle the guy, and win. 
But we knew he could be a much better wrestler if he'd learned some of these techniques, but he resisted it. Ah, I don't need to do that. I go out there, look at him, boom, and he would. Man, he was strong as an ox. Until he went up to Southeast Warren, was leading 13 to 3, and the guy put him on his back, and he didn't know how to get off his back and pinned. He came back Monday, and he said to the coaches, Can you teach me how to get off my back? Can you help me? He had a whole different attitude. He was willing to learn. He resisted. We were grieved. We knew he could be way better than he was. But then when he got stuck... And isn't that the way it is with us sometimes? It takes getting pinned. It takes getting whipped. And then we're willing to listen. And thankfully, the Spirit of God is willing to teach us. Incidentally, he went on and got fifth in the state. But the best thing that happened to him was he got pinned when he was leading 13 to 3. Because it changed his spirit. Oh, I can do this, God. I can do this. And God said, go for it. And he's grieved. He says, I know. I know we've got a mess coming down the road. But hopefully he learns through it. And sometimes we pride ourselves. I, I am a determined person. I'll fall down 50 times before I learn God. That's not determination. That's stupidity. Oh, man, Lord. I can't love my wife the way I ought to. God, I need Your help and mercy. God, I can't be the parent I ought to. God, I can't be the witness. God, I need Your Spirit to empower me. God, I do not want to grieve Your Spirit. We grieve the Spirit of God when we get up in the morning and we don't have time. We walk right past the book the Holy Spirit wrote. The Holy Spirit is the author of this book. We walk right past it. We get on our computer. We get in the newspaper. We get on Good Morning America. We do whatever and we walk right past it. Well, I just don't have time to get in the Word. The Holy Spirit of God is grieved. And He said, you want things to go well? Look at this, okay? I get up, I don't read the Word of God, but I pray, God, help me to have a good day today. Do you think the Holy Spirit jumps up? Yeah! Revival! No, the Holy Spirit says, start a good day. You better start listening to me first. How can I talk to you? If you don't have your ears on. If you don't take the time. Listen, you cannot have the power of God in your life to be what you ought to be and neglect this book. Because as I said, the Holy Spirit wrote this book. He is the author of this book. And to have the author come along and and sit down with you as you open it and to say, God, I want you to guide me into truth right now as I read. 
Boy, there is nothing like reading God's Word and having it come alive in your life. And you know, God is speaking to me. Sometimes it hurts. It's like God really puts it and says, Boy, this is where you're really not matching up. But it's a good hurt. Because it's the Spirit of God at work. At other times, your heart is broken. You can't even utter a word and you open the Word and the Spirit of God ministers to your heart. There is nothing like the Word of God coming alive through the ministry of the Spirit. And some of you are thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. Then you know what? I'd be going back and saying, God, am I a child of yours? But seriously, we ought, to, we ought to be guarding our hearts and saying, the last thing I want to do is grieve your spirit. The last thing I want to do is resist your spirit. The last thing I want to do is quench your spirit. I want to have the power of your spirit so that there's fruit in my life that glorifies you and that really gives a glowing assurance that I'm a child of yours. He said, when you believe and love and obey these themes of 1 John, he said, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that He's abiding in you and you in Him. And there is great peace in the assurance of the Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray, I pray that we would be brought to a more consistent walk in your Spirit as believers here tonight. Lord, I pray if there are individuals here tonight that say, you know what, I don't even know if I have the Spirit of God dwelling in. I pray tonight they would make sure that they're a child of yours. Lord, I pray tonight for individuals that you have prompted and they know right now where they're resisting your Spirit, where they've grieved your Spirit. They know right now that they've been quenching your spirit, living the life, trying to live the Christian life, but not including you. Lord, I thank you that when we come back to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, I pray that this week, that tonight, we would know the joy of walking in Your Spirit, that we'd know the power of Your Spirit. And Lord, that You would be glorified as I know You will when we walk in Your Spirit. Lord, what an encouragement it is to know that through the ministry of Your Spirit, You will lead us, You will empower us, and You will cause us to glorify You. We praise You for the ministry of Your Spirit that guarantees as we walk in it that You will be glorified. And that's our goal in life, Lord. We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's